Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Taylor Huntley. When asked to briefly describe her birth experience, she shared that I found my birthing community and they equipped me with the knowledge to advocate for myself. It was so healing and transformative and it led me to my passion, community birth work. Hello, Taylor. Welcome to the show. Hi. Yay. It's always wonderful to have, um, I feel like many of our storytellers find a way to, that are in the birth world, but when you've like met people at conferences and on social media, it's so wonderful to like reconnect in this way. Um, So can you first start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. Um, so like you said, my name is Taylor. I am a community herbalist, a community doula or birth companion. Um, and that has all stemmed from my own personal experiences with birth. I don't know what I would be doing, (laughs) um, if I, I hadn't had my experience, uh, or had my children. I'm like, would I still be at a hotel? What would I be doing right now? Um, But just being able to be in the community um, and really build a village has afforded me these opportunities. Um, My personal life, um, I have a partner and two children, both um, boys, and I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old next month. Pray for me. (laughs) everyone uh, now you're head in prayer (laughs) um they are amazing it's it's just as crazy um it's just as fun so um yeah I think that's that's everything about my family I would yeah that's everything okay (laughs) yes we're sending you all the good growing and expanding family vibes (laughs) not no growing, no growing, expanding, <laughs> expanding, no growing. Yes, expanding family vibes. Yes, sending those your way. Well, um, you know that we, you know, we know that you have multiples. So, can you um, start off by telling us a little bit about your pregnancies? Absolutely. Um, so, my first pregnancy in 2016 was. Um, unplanned and unprepared for um um, we were kind of still in this like newlywed having lots of fun on sixth street and rainy and um all of a sudden we were pregnant and i went down a rabbit hole of just looking at birthing videos people's experience um what you could expect which it's great to watch those videos, but you never know what your experience is going to be like. Everyone's different. Um, but just really trying to educate myself on what, you know, conversations that have never been had in my household. You kind of just get pregnant, let everyone know that you're pregnant and eventually have a baby. Um, nothing is, is really, really talked about or really shared, uh, at least for my family. And so I was learning what a doula was, what a midwife was, things that you could and couldn't do in a hospital, um, and things that you could, you know, advocate for yourself. And so 
I went to my family with all of my ideas. I want to have an unmedicated birth. Everybody laughed. <laughs> and, you know, for me personally, I was more terrified of the needle that they show you for the epidural than anything else. I mean, that that terrified me, um, which I think is a lot of things that, that some people, you know, might not see. Like, I had to kind of search for that video. You know, there's a lot more on um, the internet now, <laughs> you know, because we've had this, this resurgence of the birth worker, but I had to search for that. And so um, I was, you know, I don't care what my family says. I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, I did have a hospital birth because um, home births just felt really expensive, you know, a, a really high upfront cost. And at the time was not something that, that we could do. Um, so I had a hospital birth. I had a doula. Um, but it was definitely a battle. It was definitely a battle. Um, throughout my experience with my OB was just, um, it was hard. It was hard. Um, being pregnant and being uh, full-bodied, plus size, more to love, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, all the things, um, was uh, a huge concern for my provider. And not knowing, you know, how to fire your provider or, you know, really advocate, it was just kind of like, this is my OB, this is, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna be who delivers my baby. And it kind of is what it is. Um, I felt like attacked and accosted at every single appointment. I had to be reminded um, that I was overweight, in quotation marks, <laughs> air quotes. Um, I had to be reminded that I was black and, and everything, all of these pre-diagnosis. And, and it was just so interesting because he would say all these things and I would get my blood work back. And he'd be like, oh, you're healthy. Things are fine. Like, you're surprised. <laughs> it's like, I can't, I, I, I can't be healthy. Right. Um, and so it was, it was a lot, it was a lot, uh, and, and even not being supported in the fact that I wanted to have an unmedicated birth, you know, it was like, mm, people don't really do that, you know, um, most people get cesareans, you know, since you are bigger bodied, you know, you'll probably just get a cesarean and like things will be fine, and I was just like, well, that's not, you know, if it's not medically necessary, it's not something I want to do. You know, um, I, I tried to keep an open mind. You know, I didn't, you know, if I needed to have a cesarean and it was medically necessary, then, you know, I want to be healthy and I want my baby to be healthy. But if everything is coming back and looking great, why are we even having the conversation? <laughs> um, and so I got to about maybe 37 and a half weeks. And uh, my OB wanted to schedule an induction. There was nothing wrong. He literally just communicated that he did not work on weekends. And if I went into labor over the weekend, 
I was going to have to uh, be cared for by someone that I had never met. And, you know, I, I think that was supposed to kind of make me a little bit nervous, but I'm like, I don't really like you that much anyway. So like, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> like, okay, you know, work on weekends. Cool. Like, <laughs> right. no, like I, I think I thought doctors worked, you know, seven days a week. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I guess, I mean, they have families and stuff, but you know, what you see on TV, I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, right. I, I didn't know y'all got weekends and holidays. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a That's part not of what's showing up on Grey's Anatomy. That's so. not <laughs> like I'm confused. But <laughs> but yeah, so in about 37 weeks, uh, they wanted me to schedule an induction. I felt a little bullied um, and uncomfortable. And, you know, we just kind of gave in. And we were like, okay, like, whatever, schedule it, whatever. Um, the day of, or maybe the day before came, and we were just like, we're not doing this. There's absolutely no reason. You're fine. Baby's fine. Like, we're not doing this. Um, and so we called the doctor's office, left them a message that we weren't interested in doing an induction. We wanted to, um, you know, go into labor naturally. If we go past, for, for them, it was, for them, or for me, I should say, it was 39. But we told them, you know, if we go past 40, then we can start having conversations about induction. Um, they called us back. I didn't answer. I have avoidance issues. <laughs> I didn't answer the phone. I'm like, no, I don't even, what are they going to say? Um, and they left me a voicemail that said, this is extremely unprofessional to call us and let us know that you're not going to have this induction when we've told you that this is what you should do. If you don't schedule an induction and hurry up and have your baby then your baby's gonna die. A voicemail. I oftentimes go back and I'm like, 2016 Taylor, why didn't you save that, download that, and file a complaint with the hospital? But I mean, now that I'm in this work, I know that you can do that, but who knows that you can, right. you know? Right, right. right. Slash who knows that? Who's expecting to receive a voicemail from their care provider like that it was it was the craziest thing and I literally just I think we had taken on like so much verbal abuse from them as a couple that it was just kind of like fuck them <laughs> you know what I mean like they just want money they just want our money they just you know want to rack this bill up they don't care about us Fuck them. So at 37 weeks, go, <laughs> getting close to 38, we tried to find another care provider. And um, it was really hard to find someone that would take me on that late in the game. And um, so we just started having like consultations with different midwives. Um, I found a midwife that would let me pay for 
um, weekly checkups. That's not what it's called. Weekly prenatals. <laughs> um, we couldn't afford for her to deliver our baby, um, but she, you know, worked out a, a, a really awesome deal um, with us. And so she knew someone at the, she knew a um, certified nurse midwife that worked at the hospital downtown on call. And she was like, you know, everything looks great. Your vitals look great. Um, when you go into labor, you do have the option to go to this downtown location where they have staffed midwives and whoever's on call can deliver your baby, which was like insane. Like, I don't know who's gonna, I don't know who's gonna be there to deliver my child. And we just started thinking about it and we were like, well, mostly you see nurses when you're at the hospital, the doctor's in and out. Um, and regardless of the experience, you never know what nurse you're gonna get. So the fact that she kind of, you know, as a midwife signed off on those midwives at that hospital location, we were like, this is gonna be the best bet. This is, this is what we're gonna do. Um, I ended up going to 42 weeks in two days. <laughs> um, still seeing the midwife, uh, still being cared for, having weekly prenatals, and we went downtown. And luckily, the uh, midwife that she knew personally was the one that was there on call. And so everything felt like, you know, the way it was supposed to be. I will say that I think most of my labor experience from the nurses and, and from the care providers um, stemmed from, I guess, just ignorance or, you know, I, I just feel like there's a lack of knowledge around um, unmedicated birth, you know? Um, and it, again, this is 2016. So I, I, Damn, I was gonna say things are I mean things okay. are cool. <laughs> what, 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 uh, I mean the, the needle has moved slightly. Yeah. That's it. Just a smidge. And and we have more black birth workers. Right. You know, educating right. educating families. So So there's that. But there's, the overall system trash no <laughs> that's I was like positive no it's not that, that's not the case um I will say that you know I'm really really happy that I had a doula I almost didn't because my family was like out of all the things that you have to pay for that is not a necessity um which if you don't, I mean, you know, you're researching, but if it's not something that's talked about in your family, you don't necessarily know the value, you know? And so I'm really, really glad that I went through with that because I remember being at a point of pure exhaustion um, because I did have a 
I was at the hospital for about three or four hours and the nurse came in and was like, you are not progressing. We are going to have to put you on Pitocin. Um, and so Pitocin is um, an induction medication that they give you through an IV uh, for folks that didn't know. And it makes uh, chemical contractions within your body. So it's not a normal, I shouldn't say normal, it's not a body-made contraction um, to where your body can kind of, you know, you have your contraction, oxytocin comes in, your body's kind of in sync with the waves. Um, it's completely chemical, and so they are intense. They are intense. Um, and so, I, what are you going to say? I was going to say, I absolutely love the way that you described that chemical contraction. Did that sound good? <laughs> it did. It really did because, you know, like as birth workers, when we're trying to um, explain to families, like the difference between um, spontaneous labor and right. inductions, you know, there is a difference. And I yeah. think it, you describing it as like chemical contractions, they do make things harder, longer, and stronger because okay. it's not um, the natural hormones creating the, the waves and the experience that you're feeling. So there is a bit more work in managing that. So I just love the way that you described that. Sorry to interrupt. I was like, I just, that's a great way to put it. I'm glad you like that. <laughs> um, but so in, in having the Pitocin, um, I started to have, you know, contractions that I couldn't control. Um, which turned, which, you know, after a couple hours turned into a uh, pushing that I couldn't control. And, um, I just remember the nurses being like, you know, you cannot push. Um, the baby is not ready to come out. And I'm like, I have, I mean, you, you took some of my control away when you gave me the Pitocin. My body is literally just doing this. I have no control. And they were like, if you don't stop pushing, we're going to have to give you an epidural to slow things down. And, you know, that was, that was, I mean, anxiety was through the roof. I'm like, all I could think about was that needle. Um, and, you know, you have to stay perfectly still because you have to, you know, during labor, during contractions, you have to be hunched over um, and stay perfectly still while you get the, you know epidural and that was absolutely terrifying for me and I just remember being like whatever okay I just want to be out of here I just want to be away from y'all whatever we have to do like I'm I'm done at this point um and my doula just really was like wait a minute let's let's pause and let's assess what's going on and figure out exactly what we want to do. If you want to get the epidural because you're exhausted, um, you're ready to be done, then that is something that I will support you with. But I want to remind you of what you wanted and talk through what's being offered right now. And um, at that point, I was refusing uh, vaginal checks because they're excruciating. <laughs> and that my doula was like, before you make a decision, just let them check you one more time. 
And I'm like, I, I, I don't want to go through that just for them to tell me that I'm not dilating and for them to give me something else that they want to do to me. Um, I finally gave in and I was at 10 centimeters and my baby's head was trying to come out. So at that point, I'm pissed. I'm like, y'all are threatening me with an epidural. You're mad at me because my body is pushing, but my body's pushing because my baby is coming out. I mean, they had brought in the anesthesiologist. Like they were like, they were not playing with me. Um, and so it was just infuriating because it was like, were y'all going to check me before y'all gave me that epidural? I mean, because I was refusing at the time, you know? So um, I just, that is a core memory for me, being to that point of exhaustion and just having someone there to, you know, be supportive, right? And, but just check, literally just check in with me. Um, and that is a major, major role, I think, for a birth companion is to, you know, not necessarily put any of their own, you know, values or, or thoughts into anything. Like, it's just, it's always about supporting your client and, and really just checking in with them to see, like, if, I mean, if you want to make a change and if you want to do something different than what's on your birth plan, you completely have that right. Let's just check in and talk about it before we make a really quick decision. And so that is something, um that is I mean it's a core memory definitely right and you saying a core memory just goes to like resonate with how impactful things that happen during during our birth are for our experiences mm -hmm. like yeah. we can visualize we can like uh basically take ourselves back to that moment every single time that it comes up mm -hmm. so that's why the birth experience is so sacred and so important um, to be valued in that way. So what did postpartum look like for you? Oh, man. Um, postpartum was really interesting because I did a lot of preparation for birth, <laughs> as, as most people do. I did so much preparation for birth. Um, and what is the saying? Yay. Preparing for the marriage and, and not the wedding? That's not true. Preparing for the wedding and not the marriage. The marriage yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, postpartum was, postpartum was hard. Um, my partner works in the restaurant industry and being at home and being exhausted with a newborn <laughs> while you're thinking about how much fun your partner is having at work <laughs> um can be really really hard I will say that at that point is when I really started looking into um organizations like Mama Son of Vibrant Woman um who didn't have any uh postpartum programming at the time but it was just nice to kind of see like what a birth companion is what they do what they offer um and then I also connected with uh, Postpartum Health Alliance, which was really cool to be able to um, receive a postpartum doula 
you know, free of charge. I mean, was it was just amazing to have that support and to um, talk talk about these things with people because um, it wasn't really something I could talk about with my family. You know, I chose to um, body feed my first child and my family was just not supportive. Um, I think just out of a place of trauma, you know, there's a lot of trauma around body feeding and breastfeeding in the black community. Um, and it doesn't go away and, and, you know, until we continue to talk about it and heal from it. But um, I had to go and like feed in the room by myself, you know, and as a uh, Leo and as a extrovert, I'm like, what are y'all doing? What's, <laughs> what, what's, what's going on? You know, but I'm like, like, I, I want to feed my child, but I don't want to miss out on like life and, and my family and stuff. Um, so it was definitely a process, definitely a process. Um, it opened up a lot of conversations in my family. My mother and my grandmother could absolutely not believe that I had an unmedicated birth could not believe, could not fathom it. Um, and, and we're really also taken back from, from the way that I chose to feed my baby. And so um, I think it opened up a lot though. You know, I think that when we heal and, and when they see us in these actions, um, I think it's healing for them too. Definitely. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I do think when we do think about the trauma of our experiencing our experience as as black birthing um, individuals and individuals of color and then our experience with body feeding, there is a lot of trauma there, and there is a lot of healing that still needs to happen um, and I think we're in this new i don't want to say wave this new space <laughs> of really like reclaiming our experience um, and really finding our roots back in that. And so in those of us who are doing that, we're allowing, we're showing our families what it looked like and what it can look like um, right. to birth in the way that we want to, to feed our children in the way that we want to. And um, it can be hard for them to catch on, but it's beautiful to be able to show it them, but it's also hard work to be the leader in that. Um, so. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, I think a lot of us, you know, I had a home birth um, so that my family could see what a home birth could look like. And I remember my mom and dad were like, wait, what? <laughs> right. You're going to, so wait, you're not going to go anywhere? Right. And, um, you know, and it was even more because we decided to do, we had asked them if we could have the birth at their home because where we were living, it just wasn't close to a good hospital. So we were like, so not only do we want to have a home birth, we want a birth at your house. <laughs> but it, it, it was so enlightening and so eye-opening for them in the way that they talk about it now. People are like, oh, okay. You know, from my mom was telling people, oh, we're having, we're having our grandchild in our basement. I'm like, now see. <laughs> you don't have to say <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but all of that to say is, you know, um, there is a lot of healing mm -hmm. with our experiences still. Um, a yeah. lot of healing. 
um, and especially around body feeding, especially around body feeding and just understanding that our bodies are, can do a lot of things and are made for a lot of things. Um, so, yeah. So you have this little one and then you have another little one. Can you tell us about that pregnancy? So I had a little one and somehow, I mean, I just don't even, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> um, somehow, <laughs> another little one, 16 months later, my children are 16 <laughs> months apart. And every single time if people ask me if they're twins, I contemplate saying yes. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't do any math. Um, but we got pregnant again and you know second child I was just like I'm doing everything that I wanted to do with my first child that I didn't do I mean the the way that I approached conversations and communicating um needs and wants to my family to medical providers I mean it was it was crazy we, we just knew that we were not going to let anybody treat us um, the way in which, you know, our providers did with, with the first baby. And so um, I was able to actually connect with Mama Sana Vibrant Woman um, and become a participant and uh, participate in prenatal groups, which was the craziest thing to me um, to be able to go to a prenatal group with all like pregnant people of color after you know having like trying to go to this Lamaze class or this you know prenatal yoga studio and and to just be the only black person or the only person of color in the room was just like this not it it's right. not <laughs> It's, it's not it. We're like, not on the same. Something the, <laughs> the conversation is just different, you know. Um, and the things I wanted to do, the things I wanted to talk about, um, were really conversations that I, you know, needed and wanted to have within my community. Um, and so, Mama Sana was just amazing to me. Um, and actually afforded me the opportunity to be able to have a midwife with, at the time, the only Black midwife in Austin. We got another one. Yay! Aisha. Um, we have another Black midwife, but at the time, uh, Melik Oz was the only one. Um, and we got to meet and instantly hit it off, I think, my partner and I were just like in awe and amazed at the experience that we were getting to have. Um, her, uh, I guess, kind of like partner or like um, assisting midwife, because if you have a home birth, um, it usually, you know, is a midwife and then you have a midwife assistant, um, two care providers. And so um, we saw Melik, and then we also saw um, Christy, who doesn't live in the States anymore and moved to Canada, but I guess it's fine. Um, <laughs> but just a really, really dope uh, queer white ally. It was just, I mean, literally it was like, we have this awesome, like, 
white person, which like <laughs> was not something that we, you know, envisioned. Um, but Chrissy was just so supportive, had been working with Mama Sana um, since, you know, early on for a couple years. And it was, it felt like a really supportive space to be um, cared, for, cared for by a um, Black woman and then to also be cared for by, um, you know, someone that had also experienced you know, I'm trying not to go too deep, <laughs> um, you know, but someone who has also experienced um, hardships for the person that they are. Mm. And so um, it was just, it was just a great experience. Yeah, It really, really was. It was so healing. Um, we lived in an apartment at the time and I did ask my parents if I could have the baby at their house. It was a hard no. Uh, <laughs> it was a hard no. And my parents were also um, wholeheartedly against the, the home birth. They felt like it was unsafe. Um, and, you know, to, to be fair to them, they had had some, you know, medical experience, experiences in their lifetime and just um, really, really believed in, in Western medicine. And that was just what we needed to do. Um, but that was not my experience and, you know, not my plan. And so I actually continued to see my midwife while also seeing um, an OB early on. And um, did not tell my parents that I was having a home birth. I, I told them, you know, they disagreed, but that did not mean that I wasn't doing it. Right. Um, <laughs> so I actually didn't tell my parents that I was having my second child at home until he had arrived. And I called them and I think we had, I don't even know if we told them that I was in labor because I would have, you know, made them come to the hospital. Um, but I called them after the baby got here and was like, hey, I have my baby. You can come and see me now. Mom was like, oh, okay, are you at, you know, St. David's downtown again? Um, and I was like, no, actually, I'm home. And <laughs> my parents were so upset um, for, for a long time for a long time. They just couldn't wrap their mind around it. And the most interesting thing about it is that my grandmother was birthed at home. We, we've only had access to be able to birth in hospitals for maybe 50, 60 years now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we haven't, it's, it's not like we've been doing this for a very long time. Um, I think that, you know, for some people, it feels like we now have this opportunity that we're afforded and this is what we should do. Um, and this is the best thing because, you know, now we have access to it, but that is not how my mind works. Yeah. That, didn't speak, that didn't speak to, your, to what you wanted your experience no. to be. <laughs> no. and, and at that time, I feel like the, you know, statistics were all starting to come out um i think you know that's around the time i believe um when the new york's time posted about it on the front page 
you know, that Black women were um, three to four times more likely to die um, giving birth or shortly postpartum. And so it was just like, is that not enough to show that this isn't necessarily the best space right now? Until we have providers that really understand and, and really care about us, this doesn't seem like the best opportunity to me. I mean, that, you know, that's just what I got from it. Um, but I will say that I feel like my home birth really, really healed my um, birth and my pregnancy with my first child. It was just, it, it felt like an accomplishment. It felt like an accomplishment to, to be able to communicate my needs more than anything else um, and do what, do what I wanted to do for my family and for my children. And so it was such a nice experience. I, you know, I tell, I tell Melik, you know, sometimes I just think about getting pregnant so I can just be <laughs> cared for again. And I'm like, but I don't actually mean that. <laughs> And so did you go the same length, like as far as how far along you were? Um, so, you know, they, they always tell you that the second child, you know, is going to come faster. You know, you're going you're gonna to go into labor faster on your second child, which I guess technically was true for me. So with my first, I went to 42 weeks in two days. And with my second, I had him right at 42 weeks. So a two-day difference, I mean, I get right. <laughs> <laughs> It's not what I expected. Oh, exactly. And was your um, older son there during the birth? He was there. Um, he didn't really care about anything that was going on. Um he was there though he was he was present and we tell him that now that he's old and he's like yeah whatever but I mean he's like whatever yeah yeah I remember that I ask him all the time do you remember when I was you know giving birth and had he's like yeah I remember that I'm like <laughs> no you don't um and we actually it's interesting because every single time I um I'm talking to someone about home birth or they asked me about my experience. They were like, oh my gosh, it's, it's always like, did you have like a water birth? Um, and I, you know, we were in an apartment on the third floor. I was terrified of having a huge tub, you know, like figuring out how to fill it up, figuring out how to drain it. So I just, you know, I had a home birth. I did not have a water birth. I did not have a tub. Um, I literally had my baby as I, they just had got done forcing me to go up and down the stairs. And I was very upset about it. And I came in the house and was walking across the living room to the kitchen. And he literally just came out. Like, I mean, there was no like pushing. <laughs> I literally was walking and was like, oh, wait a minute. There's something in between my legs. I had to, like, get me down to the floor. And, you know, luckily I didn't, you know, stay in the carpet and have to pay, you know, a huge right. security deposit or anything back. Um, but it was, it was great. It was great. I love to hear that. And so how was your um, postpartum this time around? Much better. Um, I had uh, 
two postpartum doulas and then also um you know your midwife cares for you for about six weeks after for you and your baby um so i mean i just i felt really supported and um just more confident in what i was doing um also more confident in the way that i was feeling you know because at that point i kind of understood um what postpartum depression looks like what postpartum anxiety looks like and it's you know not that i'm i'm necessarily just having this like isolated experience but this is something that you know some people do deal with after having children um especially having children back to back you know sometimes it's just really really hard on your body and so um since I was being cared for by a midwife and communicating these things to her, um, they were really supportive of encouraging me to, um, you know, get blood work done and pay attention to my like nutrition levels, see what's low, you know, what supplements you can take um, instead of going, you know, like directly to medication without kind of checking some boxes first, right. you know? Um, because you 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 never know exactly what it could be because your body's just going through changes and so um it's just helpful to have support people that are um like really intentional and and can look at everything on a larger spectrum so i like that really intentional about, yeah um where to start the care from instead of like oh we have this diagnosis or we have this idea of what's going on and here's all the things that we know how to treat treat it with but it's like who is this person like what's going on with their body what's going on with their experience and like how do we tailor the care to that which right. should be overall care but which you know, be i'm not i'm not a care provider so <laughs> which, it, it should be normal but you know right <laughs> ah, and so um can we like go into how you becoming birth worker, birth companion, how that started, that journey started for you yes. and what that looks like? So, um, after I had my second child, I, Mama Son of Robert Woman didn't have any postpartum programming and I harassed them and was like, hey, I had a wonderful experience with you all but now I've had my baby and what am I supposed to do? Like I, you know, what happens to all the people of color once they have their children, where do they connect? Where do we go? What do we do? Um, and luckily I was having that conversation around the same time that um, they were applying to some grants and some different fundings. Um, and they were able to get their uh, postpartum program funded their mama for mama program. And um, I was actually asked to be the postpartum facilitator, which was, it's like, you want me to do what? <laughs> you want me to lead? You want me to teach what? Um, but it was a lot of fun being able to facilitate a group. Um, I mean, it was great. I learned so much about myself um, and about the participants and about nonprofits. That was my introduction to nonprofit work. I had always, you know, worked in hotels and done hospitality. Um, and so it was literally a completely new realm for me. Um, 
around that same time, they were having their birth companion training. And I knew that I wanted to provide the support that I was given after my second child. Um, I, I was like, I don't want anybody to experience anything other than wraparound care. Like it, it, it was, it was life-saving, you know, it really was. And, um, I attended the birth companion training and that just took off this need for knowledge. Um, I, I attended a lactation education training. I started taking, um, trauma-informed care trainings, just really trying to have like a real scope and understanding of, um, just reproductive justice experiences, right? In in every realm and in every way that that looks. And so um, I was just, just pulling everything in. Um, I had always been interested in um, plant medicine, herbal medicine, and realizing how important that is, especially in postpartum healing. I was like, I want to be able to do all of this for someone. Um, and it literally became like this obsession. I was like, I have to get all of this knowledge um, because it's about sharing. I'm like, I don't, my family doesn't talk about this. Like I need my family to, to know how to support each other when we're pregnant, you know, or support each other if, if someone decides to terminate their pregnancy um, or even if, if someone doesn't decide to and they have a miscarriage, like we really need to be intentional about the way in which we support each other because we're going through life and going through these experiences and not talking about it you know and like my family was so sick of me (laughs) I had my I had my baby in September um and then you know it was holiday season after that and so I'm at Thanksgiving like I ate my placenta and I want to tell you about <laughs> like, you know, they were like, just so done with me with breastfeeding all in the living room. Nobody can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. This is my baby. And I also want to be around y'all and play dominoes. So right. <laughs> this is what's happening. Um, but it has definitely turned into, you know, I was doing uh, postpartum work and so it, turned into like a career so I was like I can do something that I actually enjoy and you know support myself and my family um and so I was a, a contracted postpartum doula with Mama Sana um and then a staff position opened up and so which was just it's still crazy to me um I went into doing programming work um, continuing to facilitate groups and wellness clinics. And I mean, Mama Son is just amazing. <laughs> um, to be able to support like communities of color and a part of my uh, position was focusing on the Black community and our Black participants, um, you know, to like really encourage the use of inclusive language. I mean, it's just been, it's been amazing. Mm -hmm. It really has to just be able to be like unapologetic about the way in which like you work in in the way that you serve people. Um, So that has definitely like 
taking over birth work a little bit for me. Um, but with COVID and everything going on in the world, I'm really like, I have to tap back in. People, just because there's a pandemic, like people are still getting pregnant. Baby's still coming. <laughs> babies are still coming. Um, and we might have a lot of babies after. Okay. <laughs> we might have a lot of babies after the pandemic. And so, um, I mean, it has really just turned into a career and um, it's just dope. It is. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love, 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 love that. Um, that's awesome. So thank you for sharing your stories with us today. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? Resources, advice, anything else from your birth? I would definitely say um, try to find organizations um, or just people in your community that are actively doing the work to um, make sure folks are educated. You know, sometimes information can be hard to find. Um, and sometimes, you know, people don't have time to sit down and research everything. Right. And so I would say really look into your community. Um, and that's in, in any realm of support um, or education, you know, just just really look for folks that are that are doing the work. Um, if you're in Austin, Mama Sana Vibrant Woman is amazing. Um, Black Mamas ATX is amazing. Um, if you are in Houston, the Woman's Earth is such a such a great organization. I mean, there's people out here that are really doing this work and it's not stopping because of the pandemic. You know, um, I would, yeah, I would say, you know, before you really dive in and, and take all the energy that it does take to research, 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 just tap into the community. Yes. Yeah, we, um, as birth workers and companions, we are really good at adapting and being flexible. Mm -hmm. So we are here. <laughs> we know babies are gonna come regardless. So we're, we do whatever they need us to do. For sure. And virtual support is, is worth it. Yes, yes. It's worth it. I think, yes. you know, some people are like, I can't have a, a doula now, but no, like virtual, some folks are doing virtual, some folks are doing kind of like an on-call thing. Right. Um, like you said, like birth workers are adapting to the world as we always have. Um, so yeah, virtual doula work is, is definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah. Right. And I think it goes back to like, you know, people think um, as birth workers, sometimes I think they have this idea of like, we're, we're saving people and it's like, no, we're providing education and information to help right. them feel empowered and informed. Right. And then we just follow their lead. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I can do that on a phone or a computer. I would much rather be in community with you physically, but um, we can do all that other stuff anywhere. Anywhere. Exactly. So. Thanks for listening well, thank to Birth Stories in so Color. Much. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 